0: Hello, I'm Andrew Gentile,
1: and I'm Ariana,
0: and you're listening to Behind the Flicks. This show is all about me sharing as many facts as I know about filmmaking and directors and behind-the-scenes info about movies and whatnot to Ariana, and you'll join us for the ride. So, Ariana, can we get a review of this episode's film?
1: Yeah, today we're going to be doing The Exorcist. Huge movie, everybody knows about it. Uh, growing up, I probably knew more about the what the scenes did, like the floating in the air and the like turning of the head before knowing anything about the movie. But uh, basically it's just about a possession of this like young preteen girl and like what that does to everybody around her, which eventually leads to a couple of priests trying to exorcise the demon from her body, ending in absolute madness.
0: And what star, what grade would you give this movie?
1: Oh, I love me some good horror movies. And because they do suck so bad these days, I would give this one probably, uh, definitely an A. An A? I would give it an A. (laughs) I thought it was really good. Like, they follow, um, they make you care about all of the characters, except for... Regan, who plays the girl who's possessed. Yeah. <laughs> like, her whole role in the film is just to be, you know, possessed and crazy. But you really care about everyone else, and it is actually really scary and suspenseful, and they don't, they do just enough.
0: I cared about Regan, personally. Uh, I thought her relationship, but not as much as, like, some other characters. So I can see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I feel that. I mean, she is, like, a young girl, and she's obviously possessed, which is no good. But, um... You just don't really, she's just, like, cute and everything. She's just kind of young and cute, and then she gets possessed. Whereas, like, everybody else, they, like, really take the time to get to know them and, like, their struggles, so you kind of care about the other characters more, I feel like. Which I don't mind.
0: I mean, that's what prevents the film from being an A+, plus as opposed to just being an A.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: So, to provide some historical context to The Exorcist, in terms of the cinematic landscape, the film came out at the height of what is referred to as the New Hollywood Era. After the mid 60s, the studio system fell, which Ariana and I discussed in our episode covering The Wizard of Oz, and the director was given almost total creative control over the making of each of their films. Giving the director creative control over their films led to a slew of amazing classics. Of course, Giving one artist carte blanche over the creation of their work led to its own slew of problems on such films as Michael Cimino's Heaven's Gate and John Landis' segment in Twilight on the movie. Similar problems also arose during the creation of William Friedkin's The Exorcist. Ariana, let's talk about some of those stories. To preface, my source for these stories are from Peter Biskin's fantastic book Easy Riders Raging Bulls or documentaries on the making of The Exorcist.
1: Has there been much, like, content about The Exorcist in terms of, like, documentaries and books?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? William Friedkin had just won the Oscar for directing The French Connection. That gritty crime drama, starring Gene Hackman and Roy Scheider, was immediately universally claimed at the time for its acting, realism, and virtuoso directing. In other words, even among the new Hollywood directors, Friedkin was hot stuff. Meanwhile... William Peter Blatty, the author of the novel The Exorcist, as well as his own screenplay adaptation, knew that he wanted the adaptation to be something new, a realistic horror film. So despite the fact that a realistic film about demonic possession may seem impossible, with Friedkin's confidence and background in documentary film, The Exorcist became just that. What makes The Exorcist a classic of cinema is not simply shock and gore, although there is some to be had but rather the realism of which the events on screen are depicted. Do you think that the, uh, Ariana, do you think that uh, realism in the movie uh, succeeds?
1: Yes. I mean, being that it was made in the 70s, like, honestly, sometimes I watch these older movies and I feel like they're more convincing than the movies nowadays, Um, just because the ones nowadays are so stylized and they want it to look crazy, whereas back then it was just kind of like, it definitely felt very realistic the, and especially the experience of everyone else, like, the way I would imagine reacting if I walked into a room with, like, flying records and, like, stuffed animals and candles blowing up against the wall, and I look over and my, my daughter is, like, screaming, writhing in pain and doing something very, 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 very perverted. <laughs> I imagine I would react something like that mom did. It was just very, um, very raw. And their use of silence, like, the fact that it's silent, it's not, like, hugely underscored, adds to the rawness a lot. You, you feel like you're there.
0: Once production began on The Exorcist, William Friedkin became, by most accounts, shall we say, difficult to work with. For example, there's, a sh- there's one shot in the film of bacon sizzling in a pan. The director insisted that the bacon did not curl correctly while cooking. So production was shut down for over a day while bacon without preservatives was located.
1: <laughs> he made a fit over the bacon not curling correctly what a what a, what a a diva
0: well it gets more absurd Ariana a more extreme example of this type of behavior from Friedkin was during the making of the scene where the possessed character Reagan slaps her mother played by Ellen Burstyn across the face in the shot where Burstyn falls on the floor she was pulled by a harness and she was cued uh, to scream when Burstyn told Friedkin that she was being pulled too hard, Freakin told the grip, pulling the harness to go easier on the actress. However, when Burstyn turned away, Freakin shook his head at the grip. As in, to like say, nah, ignore what I just said. On the next take, Burston landed on her coccyx and screamed in pain. That was the take used in the film.
1: Oh, man. Oh, that is so unfortunate for the actress. Great for us. I mean, it turned out wonderful. Sucks for her, though. Price of fame and all.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's going a little far. You know what I mean? Exploiting someone else's pain.
1: Oh, definitely is. <laughs> definitely is.
0: After the climax of the film, when Father Karras throws himself down the exterior steps of the house, another priest arrives and gives him last rites. Remember that scene? Yeah. The actor who played this priest was actually a priest in real life. When Freakin was not getting the performance that he wanted from this priest, he asked him if he trusted the director. Upon confirming that he did, the director slapped him across the face. This moment offended the Catholic crew members. On the next take, the priest's hand was trembling as he delivered last rites from the slap. That was the take he used in the film.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh man it's like it's it's so unfortunate because it does end up really good like that scene of him coming over to him is like really impactful and the fact that he's shaking like you definitely feel it more than if he were calm same with her getting launched backwards so it's it just sucks that the director is mistreating everybody but it's ending up pretty good for the movie yeah. It's, damn it, he's right. His name? Yeah.
0: During, and uh, well, it kind of reached a head at some point uh, because during the making of the film, Friedkin and William Peter Blatty got into an argument. While they were arguing, Friedkin told the author of the novel, who was also the sole producer on the film, to fire him. Blatty attempted to, but he was met with Friedkin's lawyers, who stated that Blatty had no right to fire the star director. So basically, it was like a power move.
1: Wow. Wow. That kind of sucks that, like, I wonder how prevalent that still is. Because if the director has, like, full control that way, it's, like, uh, the producers and everyone to counterbalance the uh, crew is just kind of there to, like, take on the job. (laughs) They don't have actual any say in the movie.
0: For the opening of the film, set in Iraq, Friedkin actually went on location to film. So he, like, actually traveled to Iraq. Because the U.S. and Iraq had no diplomatic relations at the time, Friedkin took an all-British crew, because, you know, United States people wouldn't be safe going there. They were allowed to film there on the condition that advanced filmmaking techniques were taught to Iraqi filmmakers, such as how to create fake blood. Reportedly, on the set of The Exorcist, Friedkin's director's chair had a drawing of an Academy Award labeled an Oscar for the French Connection to the left of his name. To the right of his name was an Oscar with a question mark.
1: Wow. I don't I'm having a hard time wondering if that's like pretentious or like ambitious. Or both.
0: <laughs> Most likely due to the factors that Freakin's ego brought at the table, the exorcist took two times as long to film as was originally scheduled and costs over double its budget.
1: Wow. Did it make back the money after it after it got released? I mean, now of course it has, but back then?
0: Up until 2017's It, The Exorcist remained the highest-grossing R-rated horror film of all time, not even adjusted for inflation.
1: Until 2017?
0: Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Friedkin's obsessive and destructive ego worked. Audiences flocked to the film. Some audience members fainted and vomited during the film. And reports of possessions and exorcisms, before then an out-of-date practice, skyrocketed.
1: Yeah, I ha- I did hear about that little uh, little tidbit that, like, after this movie came out, people started claiming about possession and things like that. And so exorcisms started becoming, like, super popular. And the whole, like, um, like demonic or supernatural uh, horror, it was kind of born from this, wasn't it? Like kind of gave way to all the other big movies that we know of, of like possession and ghosts and hauntings and witchcraft stuff like that.
0: I would say for the modern era, uh, like the modern filmmaking techniques of uh, uh, that the Exorcist presented, yes, like realistic horror. I'd say. So I think you're right. Yeah,
1: and understandably so. It's a great movie.
0: So Ariana,
1: mm-hmm.
0: here's the big convo, the big conversation. For this uh, episode, I think.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Do you think the ends justify the means?
1: Oh, Oh, man. I mean, you can't argue with how great this movie turned out. I mean, yeah. But I say that I think of Wizard of Oz now. And I say no. (laughs) You know, no movie's worth someone's life. But a few bumps and bruises, a bit of egotistical you know, mishaps and headaches. Yeah, sure. It's worth that. <laughs> Don't let me direct any movies, okay? <laughs> they'll, get to, they'll, cut, they'll get to my head.
0: You know, what's interesting is that as a director, I, I unfortunately, if I was unchecked in terms of my ego, uh, I could imagine myself doing those things uh, if I didn't know better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- that creative spirit is powerful there, my friend.
0: Yeah, um... You know? Yeah, it's it's wild what happens on the sets of movies sometimes. Uh, even on the sets of my own movies. Alright, so Ariana, final thoughts on the movie.
1: <sighs> final thoughts is, if you have only know about certain scenes or, you know, rumors about The Exorcist and haven't seen it, you should see it. It'll explain a lot and shock you way more than anything you watch online or hear people say. And, um... You know, shout out to all the uh, actors and actresses out there that have to put up with crazy directors. I feel for you now.
0: Yeah. Well, you've had to put up with a crazy director. Me.
1: (laughs) Hardly. Hardly.
0: Well, thank you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, shoot us an email at independentcreatorstudios at gmail.com. If you are so inclined, please rate us and write a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. We'd love to hear your feedback. Behind the Flicks was created and recorded by myself and Oriana. I researched, wrote, and edited this episode. My name is Andrew Gentile. This has been an Independent Creator Studios production.